candy girl. <laughs> and you got me. <laughs> Sugar. Aw, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. <laughs> and you got me rocking you. Put it down with me. I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And this is Sex Archie. Ribbled for your pleasure. Goodness. That's right. We are a Riverdale recap podcast here to talk about Chapter 75, Lynchian, by Ariana Jackson and Brian E. Patterson, directed by Stephen A. Adelson. Yeah. The penultimate episode, surprise, surprise, of Riverdale's fourth season. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have a lot to, to say about that at the end. Instead, let's start with the beginning. Yeah, so we get Jughead's voiceover, like, uh, almost always. He has to describe Lynchian to us yeah. in case we don't know what it is. I believe that this has to be the only episode that begins with a title drop. A certain number have the title in, like, dialogue, but it's the very first word, Lynchian. You, you can sort of hear the colon when he says it. Yes. Like, okay, I know all you motherfuckers are like, what is this title? <laughs> oh, you mean like you in our last episode. But yeah, so he describes it as we, we see the town sign, we see a little footage of the video, mm -hmm. um, and and he's all like, oh, it fits for Riverdale. Yeah, I mean, they're really trying to convince us it is. Yeah. Th this week more than usual. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so we go to the Cooper Jones household, mm -hmm. and Jughead is showing the tape that shows the masked Jughead getting killed by the masked Betty. Yes. Um, to the family. But then Jellybean walks in. No, no, no. Do not show murder to the baby. No, no, no. Like, Get out of here. This is N17. No, no, no. And Jellybean's just like, whatever. I'm going to go take my pop's milkshake and go up to my room. You mm -hmm. guys are all weird. Yeah. Yeah. Charles is there and he's mm -hmm. like, this was in one of the you know tapes I gave you. The tapes that have been dropped in boxes at the police station. Yeah, I, I guess the system is, with how long these tapes have been around, like, they, they just set up... Collection boxes? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, drop it, we'll eventually if, review it. If you are being menaced by this anonymous voyeur, just whenever you're doing your, your errands, you gotta go buy stamps or whatever, just come by the police station. Yeah. Dragon's like, okay, so what are we gonna do? We gotta, like, figure this out. And Betty... Doesn't want anything to do with the mystery solving all of a sudden. She has retired from mystery solving at, at age 17. She wants nothing to do with that FBI teen school. Well, she's caught more serial killers than pretty much any FBI agent. So yeah, she's earned a break. Nah, Fox Mulder has. He's not real. Betty is. They live in the <laughs> same universe, I think. Yeah. Yes. Well, as we all know, the, the final episode of season nine of The X-Files was supposed to include Martin Sheen as Jed Bartlett. So are you saying? Well, it was, but then they made a deleted scene of someone doing a really, really bad George W. Bush impression that I am so fucking glad didn't make it because it is atrocious. It seems like an SNL sketch. Mm -hmm. I hate it. Well, but... Riverdale can't be in the same continuity as the X-Files because the X-Files and Twin Peaks are both in uh, continuity with Fringe, but in Riverdale, Twin Peaks is a fictional TV series. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this. I poop on that. It doesn't matter where you poop, it's still true. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Fuck you. Uh, so Charles... 
However, is all like, well, I could always use another set of eyes and ears. What do you say, little brother? (laughs) Acknowledgement of their brotherhood. And also letting Jughead continue to do the thing that had him get in a big fight with with, uh, the shared person in their life. Yeah. 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 (laughs) How come they never talk about the fact that, like, Jellybean is also his sibling? Because they never talk about Jellybean. No one ever talks about Jellybean. But, like, that is also, like, like, okay... As much as I think Charles is definitely an evil person, yes. I would love some scene of, like, Charles and Jellybean, like, hanging out, mm-hmm. going and having, like, sibling day, doing things together. Mm-hmm. It'd be good. So, uh, over at the lodges, Veronica finds out that Hiram has si- signed a deal with Elio for distributing his rum to casinos on the East Coast. And he's like, ha ha ha, you didn't think of that. And she's like, actually, I did, but I'm not going to go into business with him. What the fuck kind of casino has one brand of anything behind the bar? None. Right? Bad ones. Bad. Very bad. So Veronica's like, well, I have a better plan. We're (laughs) going to make an affordable version of our maple rum for college students, and it's called Maple Claw Daddy. Fuck you! Fuck. I mean, it is a much better plan, but it's a plan that, again, requires a much larger production pipeline, and it's it's capital-intensive. They're both so bad at this. Here's what I want to know. Is Maple Claw Mm -hmm. just really cheap maple rum? Or is it maple-flavored sparkling alcoholic water? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Either way, it's gross as shit. Maybe she should make, like, Maple Boone's Farm. (laughs) Maple coolers. Like, you know how they got, like, the fuzzy fuzzy navel, Mm -hmm. the peach flavor? Yes. We could have the sticky maple! (laughs) Just call it that. Yeah. We could have Sticky Maple Boons Farm. It'd be great. Would it, would it be great? No, it'd be awful. It'd be the worst hangover. It'd be the worst thing to puke up. Veronica, let me level with you. Here's the plan. You make a small batch as a proof of concept. You don't sell it out the back of a van to, to frat brothers by the case like we will see soon. Yeah. You just convince the people who actually have industrial brew capacity. Yeah. To make it, well, you license, you license it. And here's the thing I don't get with like, oh, I'm going to like sell it to college students, like underground. College students have friends that are old enough to buy it themselves mm-hmm. in a store. Mm-hmm. Also, many college students can- Fucking broke? Well, they're broke, but I was going <laughs> to say they have like fake IDs, so they can still buy it in a fucking store. Put it in a store where everyone can buy it. You ju- and you just market it to the college students, which, and you can get help with the large conglomerate that's actually doing the production that you license to. Just show up at Spirit Week and hand out some free koozies, and mm-hmm. it's fine. They will love you. <laughs> and then you get to be in, like, 20 under 20 Newsweek, fu- what the fuck ever. Yeah. Yes. You're a legitimate business, so you can put this on your resume, and you can use it on all future, like, you know, business things of, like, something you actually did. Because right now you're doing an illegal operation, and you can't tell anyone you did it. <laughs> you know what the difference is between a crime and a new business? Investment. Uh-huh. It's, it's who's signing the checks. Uh-huh. Anyway, I'm just really upset at the name Maple Claw. That's where all of this Maple is coming claw. from. It's one white claw. That shit is ridiculous. You are overpaying for shitty ass alcohol when you could just buy some sparkling water and mix any alcohol you want in it, and it costs less, and it will taste 
better. It's so weird to have something that sticks out so strongly as like writers asking each other, what are the kids into these days? When like we know for a fact most of these writers are like 24. <laughs> like, well, come they're, on. They're, they're into it. <laughs> it's but like- it feels so like... It feels how do you do fellow kids when it's coming from like actual white claw uh, demographic drinkers. Next episode, we're going to feature some TikToks. <laughs> At school, uh, Kevin and Fangs are counting their cash from Hell their yeah. tickle Make endeavor. it rain, money, money, magic fingers. Uh, and Reggie walks in and is like, so what do I hear about you guys getting this money? What are you dealing in? And he's all like, Fang. yo, Fangs, are you dealing again? He's like, no, are you? No, that's why I'm broke. <laughs> I love you, Reggie. Great episode for Reggie. Reggie's the hero of chapter 75. <laughs> and they're like, so we're making tickle videos? And he's like, that's fucking weird. And they're like, but it's not sexual. It's like, that's even weirder. If you are so sure it's not sexual, I would love for you to meet some of Terry's buyers and see if after that encounter, you are still under this illusion. If you have to continually remind people it's not sexual, it yeah. is sexual. My t-shirt that says, I promise it's not sexual, it's raising a lot of questions that are already answered by the t-shirt. They also tell Reggie, well, it's kind of like an endurance sport. Mm-hmm. Again, straight out of like the Tickle documentary. And yeah, so Reggie's like, that's really fucking weird. But uh, can you use another guy? You met the director on a hookup app. It's sexual. <laughs> it just <laughs> is. You thought you were going to get some, Kevin, and then it turned into tickles. I don't understand how you all are missing this connection, are in denial. But yeah, so they're like, oh yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they could use you. Yeah. So Archie spends this whole entire fucking episode being a really angsty little teen, playing mm-hmm. guitar in very dimly lit spaces. <laughs> Uh, and so and he's, he just starts singing the, the same line over and over again, and it's really irritating. Wait, no, no, that was actually Lynchian. He doesn't, he doesn't actually do that. He, he doesn't sing. He just keeps playing the same tune. Uh, and while he's practicing, we get flashbacks to the origin of love scene from last week. Yes. Or not last week, two weeks ago. Um, and then he looks at a newspaper. <laughs> I don't know. He looks at something that is either the school newspaper or a deed to some property. <laughs> I am not fucking sure. It does look rather old timey. <laughs> and then he looks out the window at Betty's room. Mm-hmm. Still don't know what the fuck he was holding in his hand. I have no idea. I assume it's the school paper and it made him think of Betty. Right. But I don't know. Um, also, if that's their school paper, it looks like it was printed in the 1800s. The blue and gold is kept afloat by advertisements for foot powder and, and other various patent medicines. And things with cocaine in it. Yeah. Oh, no, no, that's just cocaine. It is <laughs> Riverdale after all. It's, they're just advertising cocaine. In Riverdale, you take out ad spaces for your cocaine. And that's why Reggie's broke. Uh, so we go over to Betty in her room, and she is reading her childhood diaries. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we get flashbacks to little Betty and little Archie. The first one's all about when she fell in love with the boy next door. And he has a dog who's super cute, but it's not as cute as little Archie. Disagree. Dog's much cuter. Always. All, dogs are always cuter than people. Always. Except you. No, dog's cuter. Okay, you're cuter than all but one dog. No, all dog's cuter. <laughs> and Alice comes in. And she's like, ooh, your fifth grade diary, so juicy. What the fuck was happening in fifth grade, Betty? 
<laughs> all this Archie stuff, as we will see. But I, I do like, yeah, of course Alice has read all of Betty's diaries. Oh yeah, she knows. Several times, has memorized them. She has written reviews of them in the Riverdale Register just to fill up column space. It's a great throwback to season one. Yeah. <laughs> and Alice has a little, like, my baby's going off to college moment where mm-hmm. she's like, I can't believe you're going. And don't cry if you cry, I cry. And Betty, or Alice rubs it into Betty, like, what do you have to cry about? Your whole life's ahead of you. Nothing's holding you back. Mm -hmm. As Betty thinks of Archie. Mm. So of course Archie's holding her back. Of course. Over at the Maple Club, Mm -hmm. Veronica and Cheryl are handing out their Maple Claw to college students. Yes, this big cardboard crate. Mm Mm-hmm. With a frat boy who's all like, well, do you sell other things? Mm?" Have some pretzels. Get out. Uh, uh, Cheryl does kick them the fuck yeah, out, and she I is love not it. She's having like, this. No, gro- go! I will beat you up. <laughs> You're awful. You're gross. They're they're hecka wicked grosso. Uh, but then uh, after the the college kids leave, some middle aged dudes come in yes. who are checking out the competition, and we are introduced all beflanneled to Jinx Malloy. Jinx. Jinx Malloy is an Archie Comics character. Jinx, uh, Jinx Malloy, the, the teenage boy, uh, appeared in uh, uh, the early 60s, <laughs> and his whole deal was that, yeah, he, he was terrible bad luck. Awful things happened around him. Yes. And, uh, th- and not to be confused with Little Jinx, that's a different character. She's a little girl, is also, you know, terrible bad luck happens all around her, but at the end there's a big family hug, and oh, her parents just love her the same so much, it's very heartwarming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Jinx Malloy here, him and his Malloy family have been Maple Moonshine business owners for generations. And they have controlled the college crowd market. <laughs> and they heard about this new product, Maple Claw. Cutting into their market share with the college kids. And they're all like, you gotta pull your product or else. Mm-hmm. And we are seeing in, like, the, the deep background, like, two rooms away, a little masked Penelope just bobbing around back there doing nothing. Just like, useless. What's going on? If there's ever a time to poison someone, Penelope, rise and shine. <laughs> uh, and Veronica absolutely believes that Hiram sent them. Uh, and she, you know, tells them off and is like, you'll get out of here. And she's all ready to go tear apart her dad about it. Yes. Um, because that's the way the coin flip went today. Yes. Over at Charles's FBI bunker, mm-hmm. uh, Charles and Jughead are going through the hours and hours of footage of the surveillance cameras that point in the direction of the tape drop-off boxes at yep. the police station. Trying to determine who dropped off the, the unique tape in order to, to try to track it back. And Jughead's like, we got this, let's make some popcorn, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And and so they both sit there, having brother bonding time, eating popcorn. <laughs> Which I imagine is just <laughs> each listening to a different book on tape, I guess, while they... <laughs> well, they fast forward well, through yeah. surveillance footage, yeah. <laughs> um, and then Jughead sees something and he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to check out this lead on my own. You're not involved. See ya. Meanwhile... Archie and Betty are at the sex hole. Yes. Uh, this is the scene that the trailer was, ju- just an excerpt from. Yes. They're, they're there, and it's this very weird moment between them where they're mm-hmm. like, Jughead's working, Veronica's working. The, the two of them here? are lying side by side on the cot, and uh, the camera has them horizontal, head on one side of the frame, feet on the other. Yes. 
doing an east-west orientation, yes. which is a fun shot. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and so it's this weird, like, we're we're talking about the subject of why we're here, but we're not at mm-hmm. the same time. And it's very indirect about, you know, why are we here? And I don't know, but it's nice. Isn't it nice? I think it's nice. I'm going to hold your hand. They hold one another's hand. Well, also saying, I love Jughead and I love Veronica. I don't know why you're musing, why are we here, dot, dot, dot. You know it's called the sex hole, right? They refer to it that way. It's a sex hole. The last episode referred to it as like a sex bunker, I they believe. Don't, they don't even have an address. You just write to the sex hole and the Riverdale postman knows where to go. Everyone knows where. It's amazing that no one found Jughead hiding out there. Right? Honestly, because the amount of teens that go there to have sex. Mm-hmm. They've got to have some system where they put something on the door so people don't <laughs> enter. And, like, Jughead just had it out there the whole time. Well, they they just turned the big valve that's supposed to keep the nuclear fallout out. So, the next morning before school, because the teens wake up at four in the morning, remember? Yes. Uh, Archie goes to visit Fred's grave. Because he don't know what to do. He needs some parental guidance, and we can't pay Molly Ringwald everything. Yeah, so we gotta have Archie talking to a gravestone about how, what would you say, Dad, if you were here? Probably something cheesy, like, follow your heart. But he'd also tell you to, like, take responsibility for your actions, Archie. This is no way to treat your friends. (laughs) People you care about, people you say you love. Yeah, Archie cannot talk Fred to himself. No. He's bad at it. Maybe we do need Molly Ringwald. Yes, uh, so over at the school, Jughead uh, asks to speak with Ethel yes. uh, privately, um, and she she's very like, oh, this is so unexpected, Jughead. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to be talking to you. She still kind of has a little crush. She, she got a little bit of a She's like, oh, what's going on? And so he asks her, you know, like, do you know about the tapes? Like, I got another creepy one, and it it's all about, like, Betty killing me and you kind of had a crush on me. So like, did you have anything to do with it? And Ethel fervently denies, uh, no, you know, she, she's just trying to get her life together, keep her head down and get out of Riverdale in one piece, which you know what? Smart. Very smart. Because Riverdale's incredibly deadly to semi-recurring side characters. <laughs> You're well, next, Ethel. Where's Dilton, Ethel? Your boyfriend, Dilton? How about Midge? What the fuck? You're next. You're next and you know it. So Betty's reading another one of her diaries. She is in the student lounge because she's just carrying around her childhood diaries with her for the day. You know, senioritis. She doesn't care about homework anymore. (laughs) This one is all about how after Archie walked me home from school, little Archie proposed. Mm -hmm. But I, I know we're too young. So I told him to ask me again when we're 18 and in high school. That's when people should propose. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think it's a big mistake to wait until you're 20 and in college. Yeah. Too late. (laughs) I mean, we're actually 21. Were we? Yes, because it was senior year. Yeah, okay. Uh, We were both already 21. That's true. That's before I turned 22. Oh, wow. Way too late then. Mm Mm-hmm. You sat on it way too long. I was was ready to get up and leave you. I was like, "Mm, he's not going to do it. (laughs) No. Though I know he has a diamond over uh, in his dorm. You knew? Who has a... You told me you had the diamond. You showed me the diamond. That, that was... Yes, you you showed it to me as a standalone thing. And you I remember you telling me about the debacle at your door. Because right. I went to open it and I, you're like, don't open it. I told you because I had a funny story about it. Yeah, that I almost lost it in the carpet. Uh-huh. And you showed it to me. <laughs> but I... 
you you didn't tell me when you were getting the actual ring no, that it no, went in. That was or a any surprise that. because I didn't have a funny story. That was just but yeah, I I knew about the diamond and I knew about you almost losing it. Or I feel like I had to talk to you about it because I wanted to pick out a ring you would like. You no, d- you did not ask me about what I like. Really, I do remember. That was stupid of me. I, d- I got very lucky then. And then, like, I totally knew the day of. You were on the verge of like puking. <laughs> <laughs> you were so nervous. I feel like you were still surprised, though. I mean, in in the moment, you yes, were still surprised. But I knew something was up when you were dragging me around outside in negative ten degree weather for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you should let us write relatable romance. <laughs> Here's the deal about romance things. It doesn't go right no. ever on the first try. <laughs> but those are the parts that warm your heart. Because it, like, took you three attempts. Nothing else was warm, so... No, I was fucking freezing. We ended up in a museum gift shop afterwards just so we had heat. <laughs> we didn't even go into the museum. Well, no, that costs money. <laughs> yeah, we were too poor for that. We were college students. <laughs> we were just buying maple claw. <laughs> I couldn't afford maple claw. That stuff's expensive. Especially when you factor in the time machine. I could not have. It was I'm too I'm really expensive. trying to drag us back on a topic, dear. <laughs> so anyways, Betty read her diary. Kevin interrupted and is all like, oh, the simpler times. Which implies that Kevin has also read Betty's diaries <laughs> <laughs> to know what's in them. Who hasn't read her diaries? That's what I want to know. Archie can't read. This is true. Uh, and then Betty gets called to the principal office, and Kevin and Betty have a little moment of where they both agree that they hate Principal Honey. <laughs> and without saying it, agree he needs to die. Yeah, yeah. Foreshadowing. Uh, so Mr. Honey is all like, oh, yeah, here, this is for you. Remember months ago you agreed to do the student or the, the yearbook? Oh, right. It was between getting uh, chased by a serial killer in at the junior prom and when I was kidnapped by a cult before they were all raptured. And he's like, yeah, exactly. Slaps That's a big it. binder down. Yeah, don't give a fuck. TikTok. Let's go. See, there's the TikTok, TikTok! you were waiting for from the beginning. Yeah. He's a savage. Good job, dear. <laughs> you, you know a meme. I know a thing. Jughead goes back to Charles and is mm-hmm. like, okay, my hunch didn't play out. But, like, maybe the person doing the tapes is, like, a filmmaker. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they got to have the equipment. They had a cast. Yeah, yeah. So we should go, like, look into film places. Uh, Jughead also says that just the fact that it's on video means it must be a cinephile. And that took me aback because VHS is a really poor quality format. Uh-huh. But after a second of thought, like, Actually, that's probably the most accurate 2020 sentiment ever in the show. Yeah. <laughs> that it's the, the hot retro thing. You know, it just has this warmer sound. Uh, VHS is the new vinyl. Magnetic tape. Yeah. The new, the new records. It, it really worldizes the, the early digital technology to have it on, on a format that has such a low resolution and, and all the its distinct uh, artifacts and buzz. So what you're telling me is that I was smart to keep all my VHS copies of Disney movies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, check eBay right now uh, if, if you want. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Terry, 
Yes. The head tickle master dude. The tickle master. <laughs> yes, tickle master Terry. At your service, I madame. I enjoyed your tickles today. I will pay you. Would you prefer the ribs or let's go wild armpits? <laughs> tickle master Terry approves. <laughs> He has, wears a velvet cape, too, just <laughs> FYI. He's got a cigarette holder with no cigarette. When he's not tickling, he's playing D&D in the basement. <laughs> uh, Tickle Master Terry is a tickle tiefling. <laughs> uh, so he is paying uh, Kevin Fangs and Reggie, and he's like, you know, Reggie, you got a great laugh. Very deep. You could go far. I would love to hear Reggie's laughter. <laughs> 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 Please stop tickling me. He's he's Santa Claus. Santa Claus in the tickle vids, you're going to get the bear market. It's going to be a bear market on bears. Reggie's laugh goes through also like a vocal thing. So he's like, ho, ho, ho. (laughs) 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 Yeah. His laugh is just his warm up. (laughs) Yes. And then he's like, to end because you got to get into your head voice. Uh, and so then afterwards, uh, Reggie's like, you know, we don't need him. We should go into business on our own. Yes. Instead of him paying us. And Kevin's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know about this. And Reggie's like, no, I got all taken care of. This will pay for our community college education, boys. <laughs> Reggie missed out on his football scholarship because he had to share a team with Archie, who sucks. Yeah. Reggie's plan is to make a superior product. And then cut out the distributor and become the distributor. Reggie is doing Breaking Bad, but with Tickle Wickles. <laughs> yes. He's doing Breaking Bad! Okay, so here's what I would like to have happen for Reggie's college education. Sure. That he suddenly gets his acceptance letter from Juilliard for his violinist <laughs> skills. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh man! Yeah, that that's his cancer treatments. <laughs> he can't possibly afford it without the tickle video. And what we find out is that one of his acts at Le Bon Oui during the talent show was, you know, playing his violin. He didn't know that there was a scout there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His, his dad called them. It was his dad's way of apologizing for being an abusive asshole. I am the one who looks at myself in the mirror for three hours a day. <laughs> Say my name, Regmeister. You're damn right. Charles and Jughead go to the Blue Velvet video store. Uh, Get it? Because it's Lynchian? uh, It's very dark, and they meet a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) The the video store clerk. Squeaker's the vampire. The video store clerk is making some choices, and I love it. (laughs) So many choices. It's so good. He he is kind of Lynchian. In fact, he's very Lynchian. He doesn't have the projection, but he has sort of the vocal cadence of uh, David Lynch's uh, part that he plays in Twin Peaks. Yeah. He honestly comes off as more of a Coen Brothers character to me, even having said that. Charles asks for his... Uh, you know, if he has any records of like who checks stuff out, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh yes, here is my record book." Of course, it's all in paper. This twenty-four hour, mind you, VHS store. Uh, and every customer has their own handwritten page mm-hmm. of everything uh, they have checked out. The one page that Charles looks at is one for E Mugs, who has checked out Friday the Thirteenth over eighteen times, which is probably less than Jug had seen it. To be fair. <laughs> Just like, why don't you buy it? Yeah. And unless this video yeah. store has like some type of membership where you can check out unlimited amounts for like, I don't know, 10 bucks a month. Oh, yes. Physical Netflix. You should have bought it. 
Actually, Blockbuster totally had a subscription thing like really? that back oh, then. Okay. You couldn't get the new releases, mm-hmm. but it was like anything that had been out for like six months okay. was included. And it was in an unlimited, like you could rent out up to like three at a time. As soon as you returned one, you could get another one and it was unlimited through. Right. In any case, it's a wonder this place is still in business. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so obviously something else is going on. Do, do you just want to say foreshadowing? Again? Foreshadowing! <laughs> Jughead's like, you know, I don't I don't think renting like Friday the 13th, like says Ethel, is like, you know, doing this. And Charles mm-hmm. is like, but you said she was obsessed with you. Right. Like, come on. Also, Friday the 13th has nothing to do with making a movie. It, it happens to be one, sure. Yeah, I don't. A little bit of a stretch, Charles, but okay. There are no snuff films in it. Like, if, if the voyeur was now cutting people in half with a machete, you've got me there. Yeah. Uh, so Jughead wants, you know, Charles just to drop it, but he's like, mm, I don't know. I think there's something here. Uh, so Cheryl wakes up Veronica in the middle of the night that she needs to get to the Maple Club right away. Yes. And what we find out is that the Malloys hit up the club, trashed everything. They terrified Mumsy Deer. Yes. Veronica's now infecting Cheryl, and she's starting to flip-flop on her awful parents. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, and this is where, it has nothing to do with this episode, but this <laughs> is during the commercial break, yes. where there was a Nancy Drew commercial, but it said, here's some evidence you can't ignore, and then we see the characters like look like... <gasps> And they're big, giant words saying smoking cigarettes can lead to tooth loss. And then Nancy Drew and her boyfriend, whose name I don't remember because we watched the one episode ever, run away in fear from tooth loss. There are no cigarettes shown in this PSA. Uh-uh. It's very strange. They're just kneeling, looking at a bare floor, and then they stand up and run away because cigarettes. I mean, I don't like cigarettes, <laughs> but this this is a stretch even for like truth yeah (laughs) the ad council has hit a new low yeah this was weird shit would you call it lynchian i would call it trash (laughs) i don't know what the hell that was are there more versions of other shows participating they're gonna make the the legends of tomorrow cast do one for dip Whoever is working for the CW right now is a really big fan of that arrow anti-gun episode (laughs) of the worst episode of arrow Yes. It was literally trash. (laughs) Well, no, this ad took a stand, actually, unlike the gun episode. Anyway, so back to our regularly scheduled program. Yes. Veronica goes home and she tears into Hiram about him sending the Malloys after her. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'd never do business with them. What do you mean? Don't you deal with them. Don't. You shouldn't be doing anything with them. I'll go after them for you. Like, yeah. no. Yeah, Hiram's got some past with the Malloy boys. Uh, apparently, they, they ran up against one another. The results were inconclusive. Yeah. Has Hiram, the big scary man, ever gotten in a fight that he's outright won? No. No. No, he hasn't. No. Like, I, I understand that he can't beat Archie once and for all. Because you can't kill him. Because that would kind of ruin the show, right? But we could have more examples in his fucking backstory of him actually smoking fools. Right? Papa Poutine, I guess, is the Papa last Poutine. one. Rest in gravy, Papa Poutine. <laughs> and she's all like, no, daddy, I'll take care of it. You might be, not be strong enough for them. <laughs> oh! So now Hiram has to shoot her, I guess. Uh, so Archie is again playing sad guitar. Yes. And writing songs. Yes. 
is Betty is yet again reading her childhood diary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one is about how little Archie asked her if she wanted to come over and listen to rec- records. And it's a flashback of them laying on the floor listening to records. And she's like, it turns out the records were actually his dad's. But they were still cool. And I'm like, no fucking... How did you think these were his records? You guys were children. What? So fifth grade. That's what age? Maybe he's got a paper route. He saved up his allowance to no, get records. No, so like, you're 10. So so you're saying in the year 2010, the vinyl market was not robust enough uh-uh. to serve- we, we were not there in 2010. To serve the sort of music the 10-year-olds like, the Wiggles. Betty is insane for thinking- in fifth grade, that Archie would have his own or, records. Or, um, so, okay, 2012. 2012 is the, I, the math works out better. I, I feel like records were like a, starting to become a thing in like 2014. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a little too soon for her to be thinking that Archie is just this cool kid with, you know, vinyl. Yeah, yeah. Of course they're his dad's. <laughs> He invited me over to listen to some MP3s. It's also weird that his dad was collecting vinyl because he was in high school in the early 90s. They should be listening to... Eight tracks. <laughs> they should be listening Cassettes. to his cassette deck. Yes. I could let eight tracks fly because it would have been like Fred was like into vintage then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know, I have issues with this, obviously. Betty is reading the diary at school in the newspaper room, and Archie then shows up, and he's like, hey. It's his turn to interrupt and recognize the diary. Kevin told me that Mr. Honey is making you do the yearbook, so I, like, want to help. And she's like, no, you don't. You want to get in my freaking pants. She knows because, once again, Archie cannot read. It's a bad (laughs) excuse. He can pick out the pictures. I also would not trust him to work the layout mimeograph. (laughs) Those things are finicky. But yeah, so she calls him out on his bullshit. That, no, you're not here to help me. And she's like, you know, we can't do this here. And he's like, wait, but does that mean like we can do this like somewhere else? And so they- Perhaps a hole. A sex hole (laughs) in the ground. I would love to visit your sex hole anytime. And so they agree to meet at the sex hole in two days. So they have time to think, to decide if they really want to- Proceed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to get tested, you want to enter into this, you know, open and, and, and with your I mind at ease. I don't know, maybe break up with your boyfriend and your <laughs> girlfriend in the next, uh, you know, 36 hours. So that way you can do this with a clear conscience. And then a clock shows up in the corner. <laughs> oh my God, that would be amazing if there was a countdown. <laughs> Jack Bauer kills somebody just to feel. Jughead pays a visit to Miss Bell, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, school secretary. Who is getting a lot more screen time in, in the recent uh, past. She's going to die next week. You know it's ha- it's happening. And he's like, so, you know, as a senior, I should know this, but do we have an AV club? <laughs> Turns out they do. And there's equipment with, like, VHS recording tools. And Ethel is the president of the AV club. Good for her, because only members can get access to all of their goodies. Yeah. Um, And he's like, oh, well... That's interesting. And Miss Bell is all like, well, and you know, you're not the first person to ask me that today. A very handsome FBI agent asked, too. How handsome is this FBI agent? And if someone else shared a father with this FBI agent, would they also be handsome by by the transitive property? Just just what do you think? (laughs) Come on, Miss Bell. Call me hunky. I'm maybe 18. It's fine. (laughs) No, he's the youngest one. He, if any of them are still 17, it's Jughead. He's still 17. He's the baby like you. He's the baby. 
he he's like you. He's a little baby weirdo. He's, he's like you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm the baby weirdo. <laughs> don't talk like that. I don't like it. Okay, should I go back to 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 the tickle master voice? Yes. Please, please say all that in the Tickle Master voice. Go. I'm the baby weirdo. I forget which voice was, was the Tickle a, Master that was, voice. That was not quite it. I'm the baby. Mm. I'm the baby. Not quite. No? You've lost it. Okay. I'm disappointed. Kevin uh, goes to Terry. Mm-hmm. Tickle Master Terry. <laughs> the, I, you sort of draw the tongue back a bit further. Uh, 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 Tickle Master Terry. Uh, uh, I can't do voices. I can no. only... You just grunt weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your voices never make it to the word stage. You just <laughs> grunt a few different kinds of ways. Uh, and so Kevin's like, hey, I think uh, I need to stop making videos. I'm really stressed my dad's going to find out. I just want to be done. And uh, Terry's like, okay, I understand. If you change your mind, you know where I am. Mm-hmm. They part ways fine. I guess pretending that it's not sexual is one way to keep all your underage talent feeling comfortable. Uh-huh. And, and may- maybe that's where Kevin is so sure. Like, th- it wouldn't be legal for him to pay me under the table for these things. It's black market. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know that part. Well, if Terry, like, brainwashes everyone into that, if they get caught... Everyone can say, oh, I consented because mm-hmm. it's not sexual. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. He's building his own court case right now. Terry is a master. Also, according to your philosophy, they're all 18 now, so it doesn't even fucking matter. <laughs> I think they're all 17, honest, actually. I don't know. I feel like with the way Betty like was all like, I told Archie to ask me again when we're in high school and 18 implies that at least she and Archie are 18 now because that's yes. why that hit her so hard. Yes. And is like, oh no, it's time. If they're ever going to be 18 in high school, now's the time because they graduate in like three weeks. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Jughead's the only one who has had a birthday on this show, I'd like it to be known. <laughs> hey, so is FP. That's it. No one else has had a birthday. So Reggie is in the locker room talking to the entire Bulldogs about yes. how, you know, it's it's cool. It's just, we, we tickle each other. That's all it is. <laughs> Sounds weird, bro. Sounds pretty sus. It's not. It's totally cool. It's, it's fine. And they're like, well, maybe if it was like co-ed... We'd be cool with it. And he's like, totally arrange that. Couldn't do that. And so he goes Just to Tony. Just a light bulb moment. Yeah. And he's like, Tony, let's do this. Tony is also reticent, but she agrees so long as on the sole condition that it is tickle vid femdom. Yes. Yeah. The Vixens will be the only ones doing the tickling. They will be in charge. And so what they decide to do uh, is to throw a party. Mm-hmm. Reggie and Tony pull names for who's going to be doing the tickling. I imagine this is somewhat lubricated by a, a spare case of maple claw. Oh, yeah. When after they pull the name, she's like, or Reggie's like, let the tickle games begin. Let the tickle games begin. And Tony's all, follow me to the tickle suite, please. <laughs> they did these right in a row. Yes. Like, I cannot... They are back-to-back lines. It's amazing. It's so much. It's so much. Meanwhile, well, the tickling's happening. In a dank, rainy alley, Hiram Lodge pins down one of the Malloy boys. And uh, it's all like, you threaten my daughter. And like gives him a few punches and then pulls a gun on him. And Face makes him, the wall. And he's going to like blow his brains out. But he, he pauses and he's like gonna let you go but don't mess with them again well after the malloy boy begs for mercy and and promises to like 
okay, fine, but we're going to leave him alone. I'll tell everybody. It's done. Yeah. Uh, so Hiram starts to leave. And, and then he gets bum-rushed and tackled and just beaten. Shit beat the fuck out of him. By a hillbilly with no honor. A shameful hillbilly. That's his name. Shameful Malloy. <laughs> With names like Jinx, I don't know, they're, they're just got, coming out of the dictionary at this point. Jinx Malloy, Shameful Malloy. Moist Malloy. <laughs> Moist Malloy. What else? Corduroy Malloy. Corduroy Malloy. <laughs> and that's it, there's only four. No, I think there's more. But, so, uh, Jughead goes to Charles and is like, what the fuck, where's Ethel? Why'd you do that? And he's like, <laughs> she's home, chill. Mm -hmm. We found this tape, me and her parents, go watch it, figure out if you still think she's innocent. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, so over at the lodges, Veronica comes home and she sees a trail of blood along the wall. Like yeah. bloody handprint after bloody handprint and like... F first one in a mirror, so like you see her in the blood. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so then she finds Hiram with his shirt half unbuttoned so you can see his chest and blood in many places on his body. Because even Hiram Lodge cannot afford medical treatment? Apparently. Uh, I just feel like he's really uh, channeling Dr. Ian Malcolm. Yeah. It's like, well, if I'm going to go this way, I'm going to go with style. <laughs> yeah. Must lie faster. Must lie faster. And I'm just like, maybe you should see a doctor. There might be internal <laughs> bleeding. <laughs> Crime uh, finds a way. There it is. <laughs> Rum. Are you an evil villain now? No, that that's the the Malcolm noises. It was, and then it turned into like Doctor Evil. Doctor Evil sounds like this. I'm a little baby. Not that Doctor Evil. <laughs> a different Doctor Evil. So yeah, so Veronica like nurses his wounds. They have a little father daughter moment of like, I'll always be here for you. Mm -hmm. I got your back. The one thing she cannot bear to see is her dad in physical distress, in, in a state of weakness. Yes. And Hiram does talk about how he he was weak because he could have taken him out, yes. but he showed them mercy and then this happened. Mercy. He'll never make that mistake again. Mercy is weakness. Yes. So we know who he doesn't main in Overwatch. There's still a lot of options. I think maybe he's a Torbjorn. Betty is reading yet another diary at school. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one is, I hate, hate, hate Cheryl Blossom, because she made little Archie kiss her. And something about how Cheryl's all like, it's because they're both redheads, they're meant to be together. Which doesn't make any sense. It does explain her attraction to her brother, though. She knows that she couldn't be with her brother at that point in time, so she was all focused on Archie trying to replace him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but guess who comes in? Cheryl. And Cheryl... Uh, wants two pages in the yearbook. For herself. Not for, like, any of her clubs or anything. For herself. And Betty's all like, no, 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 it's one per senior. And she's like, one's for JJ. Of oh, course. Of course. So JJ should have graduated, like, last year if we were in, like, season one continuity. At least one year ahead of the rest. Same but, with Reggie. Same with Reggie. And Cheryl should have graduated last year, too. But... We've, we've already been over it. Cheryl was held back due to all the classes she m missed over grief. Yes. And I guess Reggie's just dumb. Yeah. Yeah, Reggie's just dumb. Um, He's been a senior the entire run of the show. 
He's actually 35. He keeps uh, uh, refusing to graduate, hoping that the Bulldogs will do something, and he'll finally get a football scholarship. It's like waiting for them to win once. <laughs> like, one one season, guys. That's all I want. And then I'll stop haunting the halls of Riverdale. He's actually a ghost. <laughs> he died in a football game that they were supposed to win. It was the mm-hmm. final thing. They almost won. And he cannot leave. His body cannot leave Riverdale High until they win. He thought Monroe would finally set his soul free. But no, it didn't happen. And now he must remain a senior again. Uh, So Cheryl grabs the diary. Like, oh, I had no idea that you hated me back then. Oh, dear cousin. But then she reads the part about it being, you know, Archie. And she's like, oh, I was right. You totally have the hots for him, don't you? (laughs) Betty comes out with the fact that she's like, oh, I think a part of me has always been in love with Archie for the past 10 years. And Cheryl's like, fuck, no, bitch, no. <laughs> so she's the Jesse Pinkman in the, the yeah. Breaking Bad. Yes. She's like, no, you have not been in love with him. You have been in love with the idea of him. Mm-hmm. You are in love with Jughead. Cheryl Blossom does something right <laughs> and puts the universe back in order and turns Betty's eyes back to Jughead and the fact that they have true love. That's the power of family. Yes. Even if it's the family that keeps killing its own members all the, t- all the time. All the yes. time. And she finally says that she, you know, Betty and Jughead are endgame and that Kevin is fucking wrong. <laughs> there you go. So over at Pops, uh, Kevin is having lunch, which includes a glass of milk, because that's like all he drinks. He doesn't drink water. He's got to have strong bones to stay in the game. What game? The tickle game? The tickle game. Um, So then two- It's an endurance sport. (laughs) Two dudes jump over the back of the booth and like sit on both sides of him as Terry like swoops into the other booth and is all like, you lied to me. Yes, Terry brought his tickle thugs. He, He found out that- Kevin and them set up their own shop or release their own video and uh, the two thugs start like pushing on, you know, Kevin, mm-hmm. attempting to break his arms, his fingers specifically, because then Terry says, I want 40% or you won't tickle again. <laughs> yeah, they, the, the two tickle thugs grab his, his fingers and start bending them backwards and the foley in this scene... Mm-hmm. It sounds, There's so much cracking! It sounds like Kevin's fingers have about 20 joints each. He has the noisiest hands <laughs> in the history of humanity. Yeah. You better watch out for the tickle thugs, though, because you'll die laughing. <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, actually, if you break his hands, he could, like, still tickle someone. They would, He could just, like, kind of flop them on someone's <laughs> chest. Nobody's going to get aroused watching that, which is okay, because this is not pornography. <laughs> they leave. After Kevin's like, okay, I'll do it. It's fine. I'll do it. Uh, and over at school, Jughead corner- corners Ethel mm-hmm. uh, and is all like, what's with this freaking tape? And we find out that the tape that they found in Ethel's room is the sex tape of Betty and Jughead at Stonewall. Now titled Ponytail Playmate. Mm-hmm. Ethel fills him in that she got it at Blue Velvet. In their secret back room. The Scarlet Suite. Ah. Um, There's a lot of rough, weirder sex tapes and various stuff back there. Even snuff films. Uh, But but her story is that she checked it out so that nobody else could. No. She's she's just sort of sitting on it like a mama bird. Well, no, she checked it out because she thought it sounded 
fun <laughs> and then went to watch it and found out it was them and mm. kept it and didn't return it yes. because she didn't want other people to find it. She is racking up late fees to, to protect Jughead and, and Betty. Yes. So Kevin goes to Reggie and he's like, you know, we got to shut it down. And Reggie's like, no, we're, we're not going to do that. We're not going to give him a cut. I'm going to handle this. Set up a meeting with him at the Five Seasons. I got it. So meanwhile, the FBI busts into Blue Velvet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they go back what? into the Scarlet Suite, which is a very red, dark room, very Lynchian carpet, yes. lots of red draping, a neon sign that says Triple X. I think the carpet is actually more in, is uh, supposed to be the uh, the shining carpet. Uh, Mr. Video Store owner pipes in, <laughs> only 18 and over allowed back there. Like, you can't tell the FBI that. <laughs> like, they got a warrant, you motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jughead finds a tape that is Clifford Blossom shooting Jason. Yeah, it's the tape from the end of season one. It's, it's the yes. death of Jason. It is. Which... Which says so much about the the uh, VHS revival culture in Riverdale. Yeah. Because this was originally digital video. This was taken from a, a thumb drive. Yeah. And then put on VHS. Yes. Who does that? Well, I'm going to think that something has to do with it where you can't really trace things with VHSs and who mm. did it. Where if you put it on like a DVD or something, there would be information about who did it. And your computer. Ooh, the metadata. Like, that's a thing. Ooh. So, you know, you gotta, if you're dealing in black market shit, you gotta do it on VHS. Okay. Hey, FBI, don't arrest me. I didn't know that. It's all her. Come, not me. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm a good boy. Oh, is this another thing where you're giving a disclaimer to the, like, police that are actually listening to our show? Yeah, I very much just literally said that. Over at the Five Seasons, Reggie is chilling on a sofa with Kevin at his side. As Terry comes in with all his tickle dudes, mm-hmm. you guys made the wrong choice. But then all the bulldogs come out and they're yeah. like, we got you outnumbered. Turns out you made the wrong choice, Terry, because we're rolling in dough. Wouldn't you know it? People like porn with girls in it sometimes. Reggie stands up for my boy Kevin mm-hmm. and is all like, you know, if your goons touch him, we will break more than fingers. We'll break your hearts. We're going to date you, and we're going to go to Paris, and then we're going to leave you at the altar, bitch. <laughs> I was going to go with, we'll break your penis. Yeah, because you're crude. That- <laughs> this is the difference between the two of us. <laughs> you can't even break a penis. You can only give it character. I don't know. I'm pretty sure if you, like, twist and rip, pull enough. Character. You <laughs> just kind of go, er, yank. Lots of character. Tie it up to, like, a truck and hit the accelerator. And that character is Bozo the Clown. It's the secret origin. Uh, Cheryl uh, tells Veronica that, you know, she's really been thinking about their business and that, you know, some some blood types aren't compatible. Like, some pe- pe- people's blood is rum and some is maple and those just don't go together. And Finally, she- thank you. I've been saying this for months. You don't put rum and maple syrup together. And she just wants out of the business immediately. Like, she she's not okay with these thugs coming after her. I'm sorry that you only mean it in this, like, metaphorical sense. I mean literally. <laughs> uh, and so they amicably split. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yep, okay. Uh, so meanwhile, Principal Honey has called Tony, Kevin Fangs, and Reggie into his office because he has gotten a phone call about a clandestine online tickling ring. Uh, and he's like, so is it true? Is it you? 
<laughs> and their first offense, it's not pornography <laughs> or illegal. It's not sexual. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Kevin's like, you know what, Mr. Honey? Yeah. Yeah, we did it. And there's nothing wrong with that because it's tickling. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with that. It's not sexual. And we kept our clothes on. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you motherfuckers did. And it's school uniforms for the football team and the cheerleaders. And that is copyright infringement. <laughs> and you're under my jurisdiction. Okay, so you give the, the fucking booster club your 40% and keep going. Principal Honey's all like, you shut it down if I made myself clear. What? Good. No, no one even considers doing anything to make... Doing anything against what Principal Honey says. I guess his word is law. IP law in this case. Here's the thing. Couldn't they just delete that video and then make more without the school stuff? Yeah, but you know those uniforms and, letter and letterman jackets sell way better. Okay, but they could, like, get fake ones. Mm-hmm. Knockoffs. Halloween store ones. <laughs> But Honey puts his foot down all the same because he cannot have anyone uh, uh, ruining this school's stellar re uh, reputation. For murder capital. That's what I'm saying. Ever since Principal Honey took over, nobody in this school has died. In fact, they brought a kid back from the dead since Principal Honey took over. He's doing great, okay? We can have a few little pitfalls here and there, but come on. Uh, Archie and Betty are in the sex hole. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh. I want to share something with you. And he pulls out his guitar and he's like, I wrote this song for you. And he starts singing it with even more reused footage from the first episode. From the, the scene where he plays a song and Betty starts crying on that picnic table outside the school. That we've that, never seen that, since. That since season one, they no longer have the set to, apparently. Yeah, they do not have that exterior, do they? They used to use that all the time. Mm -hmm. As soon as they introduced the inside student lounge, they got rid of the picnic table. That's right. They're mutually exclusive. They used to use the picnic table and the lunchroom. And yep. then they got a student lounge and they're like, no lunch see ya. Room. No, yeah. no one eats lunch outside or in the lunchroom we, we only have coffee in the student lounge it has become the fucking oc <laughs> and so betty's just like stop stop nope and she confesses her her love for jughead yes. and archie's like well i love veronica too and i'm just like you motherfucker then stop this shit <laughs> right stop saying you love these people and doing this shit and that's exactly what betty does she stops quote this shit yep she, she's like, no, it, it's over. I don't want to hurt or lose Jughead. And again, Archie's like, well, I don't want to hurt or lose Veronica. I'm like, apparently you do. <laughs> okay, Archie cannot read. I'm starting to wonder about his object permanence, but he also does not have any idea about consequences. Yeah. Yeah. So Archie goes home. And he's playing in his room again, and Mary comes in, and she's like, I like this song. And in this final scene where he's playing the, the same song that he wrote, I started to, I, I realized why I like this song. Yep. Because it reminds me so much, I think it's the same chords as the closing song to Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. Oh, really? Yes. Nice. <laughs> and what was it for? The swimming pools, the highways, the ball games in the dusk. So young, no, 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 no
comes in. She's like, oh, I love that song. You must have wrote it for someone very special. Has Veronica heard it? And I'm like, ooh, Mary, rub it in. Just rub it in that wound. I like to think that she knows about Archie shit and she's calling Mm -hmm. him out on him in like a very motherly, passive aggressive way. Yeah, yeah. But uh, now that Archie's thinking about what Betty said in the sex hole about how, you know, maybe we're just falling into each other because, you know, it's safe when everything outside is so unknown with our future ahead of us. Now he's thinking about the future, and he he's, tells his mom that, you know, I've been thinking about the Naval Academy some more. And she's like, yep, I'm going to call my girlfriend and tell her all about it. She doesn't say girlfriend. They better still be girlfriends. I'm sure they are. <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, Betty is burning her diaries in the fireplace. Yes. All the evidence in her future serial murder trials. Yes. In the years to come. Certainly. This is why I don't keep diaries. Smart move. Okay. All right. You don't want me to talk directly to our FBI con, like, attached agent. But then you say things like that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If I were ever to murder someone, I'm certainly never going to write it in a diary. No, of course not. And they're not going to have any other diaries to keep track of to be like, oh, yeah, she was definitely, like, a sociopath. Now, does your, your Google Calendar auto-wipe every week, or, or could that be used to, to trace your whereabouts? Now I need to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Alice comes in, and she's like, but Betty, these are all your memories. And she's like, yeah, that's, that's what they are. We can yes. get rid of them. Yeah. Uh, but Alice is all like, well, what if you just keep this one last one? That's the really good one. I'm like, what one's that one? It's got her first kill. Caramel. Caramel. It's it's the caramel one. Yeah. So over at Pops, Kevin and Fangs are are there together. And Fangs is like, so so what's next? Mm-hmm. And Kevin talks about, well, graduation and he Carnegie got, Mellon. He got accepted to Carnegie Mellon, apparently. And Fangs is like, well, you know, I got into the University of uh, Pittsburgh. With a scholarship, no less. Um, and it's, you know, pretty close to Carnegie Mellon. And so they're talking about how nice it would be to date somewhere that isn't Riverdale. And maybe we, that can just happen. And it's so cute! Everybody's talking about the future! It's so fucking cute! It's That's- like what I've wanted for months! Even Reggie's talking about the future, and his damned soul is tied to this accursed Earth. <laughs> the season could end right here, right? And I would be so happy. This this theme of you know building toward beyond Riverdale, yeah. it feels like a lead into a series finale. Yeah, even though we know season five is coming. Yes, but Kevin and Fangs are gonna be again. If it can't be Joaquin, it can be Fangs, and I'm fine with this. <laughs> Um, but then they also, um, talk about Mr. Honey and like, do do you think like Terry, you know, called him and they're like, well, who else could it be? And I'm like, I have ideas about this. It could be JB. It could be Howie. It could be Chris. It it could be any of your favorite football play-by-play guys. Mr. Honey goes to the blue, blue velvet. Mm-hmm. is filled in about how the FBI raided it. They don't have any yes, tapes. because he's a regular for the back room. And he's like, I'm very sorry to hear that, David. <laughs> and this... He's like flat, solid, severe affect. He, he's If you thought he was warm before, uh, any trace of that is gone. I'll save it for predictions. There's a pretty clear prediction to be made from, from this interaction. Mr. Honey 
totally making the tapes. Right? Totally responsible for all this. And I totally, I'm pretty positive. I fucking said, well, Mr. Honey showed up around the same time as the tapes. That's true. He I'm did. pretty sure I said that like months ago. Do you want? And I've always been like, he's fucking evil. Do you want to go back and listen to the episodes? We'll see. <laughs> but I'm like, I feel like in my soul, that is something I've said. I have been suspicious of this man. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's something I said in passing. Mm-hmm. And then never went much into, but I've totally <laughs> never trusted him. <laughs> Veronica goes to Hiram to ask for money to buy Cheryl out yes. of the business. Now, if this is a gift, then she would it'd be a sole proprietorship. But I don't think Hiram makes this kind of gifts. I think she's just getting back into a business relationship with her dad. He, he does say it's a pleasure doing business with you. Again yeah, there end. you go. Uh, and they have a little back and forth about how he's like, but I thought you never wanted my help. And, da, 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 da. and she's like, but well. You changed. You changed. You you gave mercy. And to give mercy is to like to show real strength, daddy. It takes two. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. Uh, and during that, we see Hiram get out of his car, go uh, encounter Jinx Malloy and shoot him at point blank range. <laughs> yeah. Because that was his mistake. His mistake was uh, uh, going to one of the other Malloy boys. He should have went straight to the top and then shot him immediately. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That answers my question from earlier. Hiram has clearly won at least once. And then uh, we flash back to their conversation and he's all like, or she's like, you know, you showed me that you you turned over a new leaf, daddy. And he's like, I have. Sure did. Yep. Yep. It was body. If anybody listening to this is having trouble, you know, earning and holding the trust of their teenage daughter, let me give you a hint. Don't shoot someone. Every time you don't shoot someone, your daughter will trust you. You know how many daughters trust me? I've lived my entire life without shooting someone. Again, to the FBI agent that listens, trust me. Especially if you're someone's daughter, you might be one of the people that trust me because of all the not shooting people I've done. I feel like in this argument, the FBI agents are going to be more concerned about their daughters trusting you. And being like, how the fuck you know my daughter? 31-year-old man. <laughs> Daughters trust me if I don't shoot people. People trust me with their daughters when I do shoot people. That's the catch-22. Uh, it's a very fine balance. Okay. So uh, Betty and Jughead are together, and he has filled her in about the ponytail playmate tape. Yes. Then he gets a call from Cheryl. That is demanding he, he come over post-haste. Uh, Betty understands, and she decides, you know what, I'm back into the mystery team. And he says, the dream team is back again. Big smoochums. Yes. And so they go to Cheryl's, and it is another taped reenactment with masks of JJ getting shot. Yes. Uh, They're both in Archie masks, because that's the only redhead rubber mask character. They they don't have Claudius masks. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But the, the JJ... Get shot in the head. Or they got good squibs. Go on with shot in the head. Okay. They sacrificed All right. Uh, And Cheryl's all like, you know, why are they targeting me? And Jughead fills her in that like, no, I already got one too. And it's not going to stop at us. Yeah. Who knows how many. That he's going to get some sort of Black Hood reenactment. Uh, Maybe. Ooh, I want the Black Hood, but like the mask is under the hood and you can see like the little mask eyes. Yes. 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 I also want, like, a gargoyle king with a mask over it. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the best. It's going to be amazing. And that sort of repeat of last week's uh, cliffhanger is the end of the episode, or rather, escalation of last episode's cliffhanger. We only got one episode left. 
which was unplanned, but true nonetheless. Yep. So, darling, what did you think of chapter 75, Lynchian? I enjoyed this episode. Yeah, yeah. I think as an opposite to last uh, episode, it started okay and then got stronger on the end by developing a theme and maintaining it. <laughs> Here, Here's why it was so good. Mm-hmm. Reggie Fangs, Kevin. Yes. All being around. Mm-hmm. Tony being brought into that. Ethel appearing. Like, everyone had something. Yes. Everyone was involved. Mm-hmm. And it was involved in a way where it wasn't like, okay, we're checking in with Kevin and Reggie for two seconds at the beginning and the end. It's right. like, no, we're visiting all the characters throughout. Mm-hmm. And things are blended together. And that's why it was good. Things are good. Yes. When you do that. And even though... And, and it is... And even though we had uh, some parts of it that weren't that great. Overall, <laughs> it carried the episode. Yeah, yeah. I just appreciate uh, the, the the plots were all tied together thematically, even though like their action didn't follow one another. They, they had very little in common in you know mechanics. But the fact is that these are all high school seniors, and so they are all motivated by fear or anticipation or some sort of feeling to the unknown future. Yeah. Uh, that is, you know, driving um, Betty and Archie to nearly make a mistake, but Betty wises up. But, you know, it's not going to be done and clean like you still kissed. There was canoodling. Fine. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it was resolved in a satisfactory way, even though I'm sure it won't be resolved. Resolved. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's also like breaking up the maple band because like... Cheryl can't be a maple-based crime lord like her fucking family. Yeah. Even if it's the kinder, gentler kind. Yeah, that's not what she signed up for. Yeah. Because we were checking in with so many characters, I appreciate the way that, like, they worked in, like, making sure we were informed about what character's future yeah. is going. Yeah. It was done in a really, like, good way. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they're making a point to, like, write it in and talk about it. But it was, like, more natural. It wasn't like we're visiting everyone opening their acceptance letter. And, yeah. You know, it's yeah. coming up in the conversations and you're... Even the note that, like, Reggie going to community college. He just assumes they assumes all are. everyone is. I like, am, so everyone is. We'll go see each other there, motherfuckers. Nobody's doing anything cooler than Reggie because no one is cooler than Reggie. Yes. Nah. Yes. <laughs> it was fun. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. The, talking about it has made this episode grow on me. I thought it was pretty, like, average, but no. In the end, in the... the you won me over, dear. Yay. Sex hole. That is the worst <laughs> cocktail I've ever heard of. <laughs> it's made with coffee grounds. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, I love coffee, but ooh, grainy. Last episode, we skipped something very important to me. Yeah. Coherent sentences. Darling, if those were important to <laughs> If those were important to me, I wouldn't have you on the show. Rude. Rude. No, last week for time, we uh, uh, skipped over doing my latest and greatest, most favoritist segment. Uh-huh. Check your sources. And we should have skipped it again, too. Look at the clock. Jesus Christ. We, we can. You can save it for later. No, because we're running out of time okay. in a different way, a calendar way. Okay. You want me to set a timer and only give you so much time and see how fast you can talk? You, you know what'll help if you ask no questions. I don't know if you have any practice in that for this segment. No uh, involvement or interaction back and forth at all. Rude. So fucking rude. 
So we're going to finish our mini-series, our, our sort of arc on Archie multiverse titles. Oh, are we? I didn't know I'm involved in this. With uh, the title that, that really foregrounds that to the greatest degree, I'd say. Archie vs. Predator 2, written again by Alex DeCampi, writer of Archie vs. Predator. Uh, with, Love Archie vs. Predator. Absolutely. We have a whole episode about it. It fucking owns. Uh, with art by Robert Hack. Not returning from Archie vs. Predator. No, no, no. Uh, you may know Robert Hack from uh, from Chilling Adventures with Sabrina. I don't, but okay. I mean, I know that, but... <laughs> yeah. Okay, you you may know him from the opening credits to Netflix's oh, Chilling Adventures yeah. of Sabrina. So this is a direct sequel to Archie vs. Predator. It begins with Betty and Veronica and the teenage predator who was plugged into a machine to look just like Archie. Yes, I totally have read this one. Okay. I've I read some of it, because I remember this. Uh, trying to go down memory lane to turn back the clock and get back their Riverdale where everybody's dead. Instead, they wind up in another Riverdale interacting with that Riverdale's cast. It is, uh, as becomes clear, sort of uh, the, the classic Archie of 40s through today, uh, colliding with the uh, 2017 to today new Riverdale. Yeah. But more predators show up and everybody fucking dies. One pair of Betty and Veronica make out while another pair of Betty and Veronica has their own thing. And one of the endings is, you know, uh, is finding a new groundwork for a new form of bughead as those two float in an abandoned spaceship in orbit. You know, stuff. Stuff. <laughs> I think it is a good book. I don't like it nearly as much as I like the original, though. I think it almost goes in too hard on its like metatextual nature of a reboot slash sequel. What is Archie in the year 2020? Like I eat that shit up and I talk about loving that sort of take all the time, but it seemed just too much even for me. Yeah. I mean, the, the art is fantastic, but the art doesn't support that sort of thing so well. Like, the the duplicated characters are pretty well identical. You just have to keep track of them by who has which injuries, basically. <laughs> who's, yeah. who's in which outfit. Uh, rather than really showing things collide. While my complaints about it were uh, uh, getting pretty heavy toward the middle, I think it really pulls itself up and ends stronger than that. The, the final issue is probably the strongest uh, part of the whole thing. Thumbs up to that. Go out on a high note. The devil's involved. Yeah. So you gotta love that. Mm -hmm. uh <laughs> I love the devil. <laughs> and He's got sexy abs. <laughs> Satan's sexy. <laughs> They're, they're really putting together the psychological profile on you now. <laughs> I, I do appreciate how dense it is with in-jokes, not just to Archie stuff, but beyond. Like, there is a dialogue exchange that is just sort of funny in its own right, but is a reference to Alex DeCampi's own webcomic, where the Punisher and the Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes, hang out and watch movies together. Yeah. <laughs> Which... Is a wild thing to put in an Archie continuity that is about Archie continuity. Yeah. <laughs> if you are interested in a book that is about what this book is about, you're going to have a good time. I don't know if it has much to offer people who are looking for that. People who are maybe looking for more Archie and Predator shenanigans. Yeah. Like, you've certainly got it. It is bloody and gory as all get out. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love that, especially in the sort of more painterly, like, there's 
some real depictions of guts all up in those guts. Yeah. Um, That's what I love. But the themes are so much more forward that like it, it feels separate from the violence. They they aren't as integrated as I suppose one would want them to be. So that's Archie vs. Predator 2, more of a one thumbs up, uh, whereas the original series is every thumb I've ever had access to, and I'm not going to say how many that is for the benefit of the FBI person listening. It's a lot. He has a trunk under his They don't know about that. If I'm going down, you're going down too. <laughs> so uh, our next episode is the season finale, as has been recently, surprisingly, well, I mean, maybe not surprisingly, announced. Yes, the not- planned original plan of a season finale but what we're getting the one they had finished filming or at least finished enough yes uh before they had to stop filming uh chapter 76 what that means to be like three or four more episodes originally yes whether those scripts are going to be retooled and we'll see those storylines emerge in season five, whether they deal with a real quarantine the way they did with their fictional quarantine and just have a time skip. And if anything interesting happened, they'll just tell us about it later. Which would be really fucking dumb. It would be hilarious, though. It would be the best meta joke just for me. But it would be the bad choice. But it would say. also go against what our prediction is for season five. Yeah. What, what we have to expect from next week structurally, you know, besides any plot predictions, is an ending that is not the ending to the running plots of Riverdale. Yeah. If they somehow do manage to make a, a conclusive, even semi-conclusive ending to the fourth season of Riverdale next week, the editors deserve all of the Emmys. Every single Emmy. Yeah. I feel like we need to go about, because normally we do predictions, and then we talk about what we do know. I feel like we need to talk about what we do know. It gives us a place to predict, too, of what could come after. Sure. So I don't know. All right. So what we know about next week is that Chapter 76 is called Killing Mr. Honey. I guess we're just not doing movie titles anymore. Fine. Whatever. Uh, it is probably, I guess almost certainly, a reference to Killing Mr. Griffin, the young adult book from 1978 about kids kidnapping their strict English teacher. And then he dies. Yeah. Or did, did you read that one? No. I had to read that for school, which, looking back on it, is a weird choice. I didn't read a lot of the things that they make you read. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really weird choice. It was made into a TV movie in 1997 starring Mario Lopez and the Pink Ranger. It's kind of like how when you find out that like some schools make you, like high schoolers read Lolita, mm -hmm. and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, so they can relate to someone their age. I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, I read Lolita in high school, but okay, so. I checked it out from the library by my own accord and not because anyone told me to. <laughs> my mother was very concerned. Uh, so that trailer, uh, more of a traditional trailer, as in there's several scenes going on, uh, but we see our heroes all in bunny masks abducting Mr. Honey. Yes. And uh, then he's, he's struck. And, and he's a limp on the floor. Yes. And who asks the question? Veronica's like, so does anyone know how to deal with a dead body? Or no, has anyone here ever dealt with a dead body before? And every Everyone. hand goes up. But yeah, we've got Archie, Veronica, Betty, Jughead, Cheryl's in this. I think it's Kevin, I thanks. I think Reggie's there. It's a big it's, conspiracy. It's a huge group. Yeah, there's a lot of bunny masks. 
So uh, let's get to our predictions. So do you have a prediction for us? Uh, one that I wrote down is that, yes, the, the big implication from that, that final scene is that, uh, or near final scene, is that uh, Principal Honey is uh, making these tapes or is you know, somehow involved. But I believe that uh, um, Charles knows it. And mm-hmm. he is trying to pin things on Ethel to cover. Ethel is just a scapegoat to, to give Jughead the runaround mm-hmm. to protect Principal Honey for whatever reason he has to protect him. <laughs> yeah, so I was totally getting the vibe. Wow, it's very convenient that all this stuff points to Ethel Without so much. really pointing to her that much. Yeah, Principal Honey is totally a bad guy. Mm-hmm. He's totally involved. Um, I was playing with the idea that maybe he's Edgar's brother. Yeah. Because, okay, so my big prediction based on <laughs> Roberto's tweets and uh-huh. his use of emojis is that Edgar's coming back because he used a little spaceship emoji. Okay. Uh-huh. A little rocket ship. Uh-huh. So Edgar's definitely alive. Edgar's definitely coming. My thought is that Principal Honey, he looks like he could be Edgar's brother, the less attractive brother of Edgar Evernever. We haven't seen if he has the, the hip thing. He of- does not have the hip thing. As I said, less attractive. He might have the hip thing. He's the potato brother in comparison <laughs> to Edgar Evernever. <laughs> and what I was trying to figure out is if, like, okay, is Charles, like, is he in on it with Principal Honey? Mm-hmm. Is it all, like, a thing? You know, we got Chick in jail and we got Evelyn in jail. Yes. And that's all connected. It's so all con- farm circle. <laughs> it's a circle of the farm. It's a crop circle. Yes. Yeah. That's why Principal Honey's had it out for Kevin is because he's a farm runaway. Yes, because he's rejected the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. So Principal's just trying to get his second kidney. Exactly. That's why we've never seen Principal Honey shirtless. He's got all the surgical scars from when he had his parts taken out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the only reason we've never seen the Principal shirtless, 100%. Only reason. (laughs) Only reason at all. Obviously, Veronica and Jughead are definitely going to find out at some point. Obviously. Will it happen next week? I don't know. Next week is going to end with them finding out that Principal Honey was behind the tapes. Mm-hmm. But finding out that it's connected to a bigger conspiracy. Yes. And that that doesn't end it. That Yeah, he's not the final boss. He, he's more the, like, Warden Norton of this season. Yes. He was giving me some Warden Norton vibes, honestly. Yeah. The, as soon as, like... Principal Honey has gotten more intense with every episode. Yeah, but th- this last scene is just, like, somebody is coaching these actors uh, that, like, okay, this is the scene where it becomes really clear you're a bad guy. Fucking go for it. Just, like, eat it up. Because, <laughs> like, every time. The the warden, the principal, uh, um, Donna, all of them. Love it. Every, every time. Miss Bell? Yeah. She's the puppet master. I would love that. She is in charge. <laughs> she is the one controlling the strings of Honey, of Terry, mm-hmm. all of it. You know what I'm actually going to predict? Hmm. The the cheating minor dalliance never comes out. It is done and buried. Done and buried. Because I think it's not going to come out next week. And then it's They're going to let gonna it fester. Out. And then when it's time to retool the scripts from the end of season four and meld them into the plans for season five. Some subplots got to get dropped. That's one on the chopping block. Yeah. Yep. Here's my big thing that I've also been talking about. This was supposed to be Skeet Altrich and Marisol Nichols last season. Yes. I am very curious to know if they come back next season. Mm -hmm. My initial thought is they will. 
because they have to wrap up the, their storyline somehow. Yeah. I think they're going to get like a per episode guest spot, one or two episodes each. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be interesting too. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> like they've done very little with those two lately to build to a conclusion. That's mm-hmm. if they were getting an ending and they had plenty of time to, to plan for one. So we have to assume they were going to get one. It was going to be in those now lost episodes. Yeah. Mm, here's my actual a prediction that I totally forgot. Totally okay, okay. Okay. Terry did let Honey know about the tickle thing. Uh-huh. But that is because Mr. Honey is Terry's boss. Uh-huh. He's the, the tickle magnate. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's Mr. Mr. Tickles. Mr. Honey is involved in every type of film production in Riverdale. Okay. The tickle videos. He owns the, the VHS factory. Videos. He supplies the AV club. Like <laughs> As principal, he technically does supply the AV club. But like, he has his hands in the budget. They got new equipment this year, and it was a contract through his AV company. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's why it's all VHS-based. Yes. Yeah. Because that's what he deals in. They, they have, like, those Sony over-the-shoulder, uh, like, camcorders where you just plug the whole VHS in. Yes. Yes. That's their state-of-the-art equipment. Anyhow, that's all we have to say, and it turns out we had a lot to say. <laughs> yeah. Leave us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Because we know you've got something to say, and you can even say it to people in your life. Uh, tell a friend. Mm-hmm. Follow us on social media at sex underscore Archie. On Twitter. And I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, I'm Lena. I'm Grant, and from us here at Sex Archie. It's not sexual. Sugar. Please. <laughs> You're gonna leave that in, aren't you? I love my dainty wife. <laughs> That's a fake burp. <laughs>